0: Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Wenton, California. If you'll open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. says this, In the sixth month God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you who are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Let us pray upon that this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you revealed yourself during those times and for the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the promise that is to be given, for the promise that will never be broken, that you will be glorified in all things, no matter the situation, no matter what may befall. You have fulfilled that promise, and it is for everyone to partake in, those who seek him out. Lord, we thank you for this, and it's in your name. Amen. So, there's a little information that is given about Mary in the Word of God. However, what is said is kind of striking and sets before every Christian a biblical example of the true submissiveness to God's will. Now, submission to the Lord's will is an absolute essential. Before a Christian can grasp the truth surrounding the Christmas story. So this morning I want us to kind of see the truth leading up to that and the celebration of Christmas Day. So I propose to you that there are a, a couple of simple truths that the Holy Spirit of Christ would like to place deep within our hearts and burn into our minds... And to create in us a spiritual heart. Now, so just what are those truths and how can they be a blessing to the children of God? That is the burning question. So, one truth worth worth grasping this Christmas season. That is, no matter where you live... No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, the Lord can reach into your life and make you a valuable part of the building of the kingdom of God. That is one truth we need to understand. Our text says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now, there is much that the Holy Spirit of Christ wants you to, to grasp, especially in this morning's message. In the first division of the message, he wants you to grasp the significance of Nazareth. Now, this city is not mentioned in the Old Testament, but it was the home of Joseph and Mary, and Nazareth was where the angel announced to the virgin the birth of the Messiah, Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth is where Jesus grew to manhood. And it's where he began his public ministry in the synagogue. Those are powerful truths that we need to cling to. Now, unfortunately, Nazareth, around the time of the birth of Christ had established a rather poor uh, reputation in morals and religion. And that's quoted throughout. And this is why we read of Nathaniel, of whom Jesus said was a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false. Saying this, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, many Christian historians tell us that by the time of the birth of Christ, Nazareth had become an unimportant town. And the people living in her were despised by Romans and Jews alike. Nazareth of Galilee bordered Gentile and heathen nations, and those living in her were considered a conquered people. Now, evidence of the Citizen spiritual condition in Nazareth is found in their treatment of Christ during his ministry. The Bible says that he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4. The Bible also says that after Jesus was finished teaching in the synagogue on a Sabbath day, after reading from the book of Isaiah... The people spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. But then they began to question, isn't this Joseph's son? After Jesus had spoken more to them, they drove him out of town and they took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. It was because of their lack of belief that Jesus could not do many miracles in Nazareth. So we can kind of see the importance. And symbolically, the significance to all this is that Nazareth, in Jesus' time, represented no reputation for religion or anything or anyone significant. Jesus having his... Connections to Nazareth shows us that he desires to show his favor on the Gentile world Jonah elijah Elisha were very much uh, part of the conversation in Galilee and were known to be great prophets to the Gentiles. This basically shows us that God is just as able and willing to send his message to an area that is not willing to receive the message as to a place that is searching for God. You see, God sent his messenger to Nazareth as well. And he and He also did in Jerusalem where Gabriel foretold to Zechariah of the birth of John the Baptist, which came as the result of divine intervention. God's messenger, Gabriel, was... Entrusted with a divine message to Mary, to Zechariah, and also the prophet Daniel. See, the purpose of Gabriel being sent to Daniel was for the purpose of gaining and giving meaning to the visions. There was a purpose behind this. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 21 through 23, we read of Daniel saying, While I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill while i was still in prayer gabriel the man i had seen in the earlier vision came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice he instructed me and said to me daniel i have now come to give you insight and understanding as soon as you begin to pray, an answer will be given. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. Now, there is so much for us as Christians to grasp this Christmas season. If we will die to self, if we will cast off the business of being a part of this world and meditate upon the lives of those physically involved In the life of Christ. You see, because Gabriel means man of God, and it can mean the strength of God. So we need to let the Holy Spirit place these truths deep within our hearts. And as part of Gabriel's message, he told Daniel that he was highly esteemed, he told Mary that she had found favor with God. And in these days, God had shown his favor to me, as it reads on in Luke 1. So no matter what we are doing as a prophet like Daniel, we offer worship in the house of God, doing the work like Zechariah, and living a faithful life before God like Mary and Elizabeth, the Lord can get his message to you at any time. We don't need a special situation. We always hear about stories and testimonies about people who are in a rough place or they're going through a situation that's not ideal, and that's how they came to know the Lord. But how often do we look at this and and see the positive stories that, you know, I was following God and I was following what He wanted me to do, and this is how He blessed me, and this is how He blessed the situation? This is the story of Christmas. This is a positive time in a negative part of the world where we can rejoice and say God has been faithful and he favors those who are also faithful. Those who have the faith of Mary can enjoy the Lord meeting them right there where they are and they can enjoy the benefits of of a circumcised heart. Romans 2:28 20 through 29 says, "A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly. Nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the spirit and not by the written code." Mary was a virgin, and she represented all that was pure, and her heart was sold out to the will of God, and she was willing to die and to die to self for the purposes of God. She represents that heart that is hungry for God. Now, circumcision of the spiritual heart has always been on the heart of God. It is not only a New Testament revelation for mankind, but it's also found in the Old Testament several times. Jeremiah chapter 4, Jeremiah chapter 9. You see, the, the Bible is clear on what God can and will do. It is very clear. Deuteronomy 36 says this, "...the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants." so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Mary, who is a representation of a heart after God, gave birth to a son who walked upon this guilty sod and remained sinless. And he got victory over sin and death, so you and I don't have to. And we don't have to be enslaved to sin. We don't have to be enslaved to eternal damnation, but rather we have eternal life in Christ. Many do not know and and have true Christmas joy because they try to live by outward circumcision, outward showing of religious acts. They listen to the word of God, Then they try to obey God's word while punishing everyone with their attitudes and religious deeds. This is not what God has called us to do. You see, still they are unable to get a joyous victory over sin, the world, and the lies, and the devil. You see, Christians who have true Christmas joy have revelation and illumination of what the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians. In Christ, they are circumcised in putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. You see, the circumcision allows them to have spiritual fellowship with the Holy Spirit of Christ. Romans 8.10 tells us, But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The Holy Spirit takes the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And he washes the heart with the written word. Jesus Christ was born to die that we may have life abundantly. And this is enjoyed by accepting Jesus Christ to be both Savior and Lord and allowing him to, to sanctify us as the Holy Spirit brings life to the written word of God in our hearts. That's the story of Christmas. That's why those events happened so long ago, so that you and I can enjoy and partake in the receiving of the Holy Spirit and allowing us to demonstrate to others the joy that they can also find in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible is a better cleanser than that which is advertised on the radio and television. And we've all seen the commercials. And I'm sure my kids can quote them for you. They sing them all day long in the house. (laughs) But the Bible is a better cleanser and which can be advertised. It takes out and can keep out the soiled spots in the heart. When Christians become born again, it is like having our hearts all cleaned up. But because of the sinful nature that we have and it is in all of us, we need a constant cleaning so we can remain in a healthy condition, thus becoming champions in and for Jesus Christ. Just as a dedicated horseman does when it takes to enable a horse to achieve the goals set before it, it's much like the Holy Spirit of Christ as it remains in the child of God, constantly cleaning the spiritual heart within the Word of God. You follow me? Yeah? Yeah? Just shake your head so I know you're awake. (laughs) The child of God that has the faith of Mary becomes all the Lord desires for him to be. Their heart cry is like the psalmist who wrote, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Just as Christ was humble enough to be born in a stinky stable, I can tell you that all stables stink. Even after they've been cleaned, they still stink. And that's okay. Some of you like that smell. More power to you. More power to you. The Holy Spirit of Christ takes up residence in the stable of our hearts and contends with the smell of the flesh that daily needs to be cleaned. Christ doesn't shy away from our stinkiness, much like we might from a horse stable. He doesn't shy away. His purpose is to circumcise our hearts and make us like Christ to become useful In proclaiming the truths of Christmas, not just during this time of the year, but all the time, all the time. Christians who had the faith of Mary know this truth of being in Christ. Such a confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. He made us competent as ministers of the new covenant. You follow me? The second greatest benefit of a circumcised heart is to be found competent in our service to the Son of the living God. The first and most important benefit being a pure heart in God's sight. We need to understand that. It, is, it may be said of us that the Bible says that Zechariah and Elizabeth, and both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Could we say the same? Could we say the same? Mary was the physical mother of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who enables us to enjoy that new covenant found through the shedding of his blood on the cross at Calvary. Another truth worth grasping this season is that Her faith enabled her to enjoy being highly favored with God. The text says the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now this spoken blessing into her life did not come from abroad, but from the very throne room of God. And the term highly favored here is an active verb meaning to have shown kindness to. Now, this is a divine grace freely given to whom the Lord wants to give favor to. Great Greek scholars tell us that the perfect passive participle of the verb charatu is only used here in Luke 1.28 and again in Ephesians 1.6, where it is wonderfully translated in the King James Bible as, made us accepted in the Beloved. Abbott Smith defines this Greek word as endued with divine grace to the full. Or in other words, cause us to find favor. So let's bring this theological teaching down to earth a little bit, so we can understand it a little better. Just as Mary was highly favored to be the natural mother of Jesus Christ, We as Christians, through being born again, are highly favored by God to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of Christ living in them. Having Christ as Savior and Lord is the greatest Christmas present that anyone could ever have. Ever. Ephesians chapter 1, 5 through 7 in the King James Version says, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See the idea worth grasping here is that God has extended his favor or grace to all born-again Christians in Christ just as he did Mary. We have that opportunity. God sees favor even in us. Christians have the Holy Spirit of Christ living in them. Romans 8, 9 says it, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. The same chapter says that if you have Christ living in you, you have eternal life. It is imperative to us that we understand that it was not just Mary's faith that caused God to move on her behalf. It was whom she had faith in. It was whom she had faith in, and that was God She had to believe the word of God spoken to her was truth worth grasping. And it's the same for you and I. People can tell you all day long, you need to be saved. You need to know God. You need to have a relationship to Jesus Christ. But until you accept it as the truth, God cannot bless you. The truth that was worth grasping for Mary and is for us... Is the Lord is with us. The Lord is with you. And these are the very words that came from the angel of the Lord who appeared to Gideon who said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. This is the very promise made to soldiers of Christ we read about in the book of Matthew in the giving of the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. and forever with us in our work with the Lord and in everything involved in our lives. Everything. Jesus will not leave us to do the work of God or to live out our lives down here all alone. Of course, that's depending on man's flesh. You see, he is literally involved in everything that affects our human lives and souls what greater truth is worth meditating upon this Christmas season? Christians who grasp this truth and that live a life that of Mary, believing the word of our Lord, inquiring for revelation through the written word, and walking in the favor of God. The last truth this morning worth grasping and this Christmas season, is that those who have faith of Mary walk in submission to the Lord's will for them. In other words, we have work to do. We have work to do. We've all been called. The question is, are you going to answer the call? Are you going to continue to claim you have faith? Are you going to demonstrate that you have faith? The first desire in the child of God who wants to enjoy the favor of God in his or her life is to die to self and to surrender to the will of God in their life. That's job one. See, the key word, and we admit to focus on here, is servant. We are servants. The New American Standard Bible has a great translation by using the word "bondslave." But being a true bond slave meant Mary belonged totally to the Lord and gave him full permission to work his will and through her life. Now I venture to say, and I might get tomatoes thrown at me, that there are Christians in this room who have not surrendered fully to God. Why? That's not me asking. This is God asking. Why? He's proven himself over and over. His truth is there for the taking. So why don't we fully submit? It's because we've got caught up in the things that are here. We're so worried about the things that are seen. I was watching the Polar Express with the boys yesterday and one of the things they talk about is believing is seeing but then the next line is but some things that aren't seen are the things well worth believing we may not see christ physically we may not, we may not see god physically but as christians we're called to believe we have faith And we take that faith and we demonstrate that faith so that others may come to know Christ through what we do as Christians. Let's stop being hypocrites. Let's not give the media and everybody else a reason to believe that we are. We need to be faithful. Christians who get the most out of what the first Christmas opened up For the children of God, grasp the truth of servanthood. Servanthood frequently appears in the Gospels, especially in the parables. For Jesus, the concept of servanthood is the way of expressing a right relationship with God. Jesus says no one can serve two masters, nor is anyone above the plan Christ has for those who follow him. Matthew ten twenty four. a faithful servant of Christ does as the will of Christ directs him. So who's the director of your life? Is God the director? Or is he one of those names in the credit scenes where you don't even pay attention to anymore? Unless you're a Marvel fan, then you watch them all the way to the end because you know there's a cut scene. But where is God on that list for you? Is he number one? Jesus presented himself as a servant when he washed his disciples' feet at the Last Supper. He told his disciples that he did not come to serve, or he did not come to be served. He came to serve. Why do we come to church?
1: Because I have to. It's
0: my job. (laughs) No. We come to church so that we can serve. You come to be fed for the purpose of serving. Not so you can go home and say, whew, man, that was great. Great sermon. And then, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with that. Why not? We have called... To be servants. We are called to serve. You want to be like Christ? Christians, that's our number one thing, right? Our our job one is to be like Christ. Well, he came to serve. Are you serving? Based on the truth of Mary's statement to Gabriel, may it be to me as you have said. And that she was a surrendered servant. And Christians are to live in a way that says to everyone who sees or reads about their lives that they are servants of God and Christ. Christians who have the faith of Mary have changed their allegiance. Rather than serving the flesh and the world as before they knew Christ, they are becoming servants and bond slaves to God and Christ. There is no greater gift of love that Christians can express to the Lord than to become a bond slave to the Lord and His will. You want to make the Lord happy? Submit yourselves. Give it all to God. And in closing this morning, Christians that have the faith of Mary will receive the Holy Spirit's revelation to what the Lord is calling them to do. Christians who come to leaders all the time say, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. I don't know his plan for my life. Have you asked him? Are we listening? God says he will reveal to us what his plans are for us if we only listen. If we submit. And we submit to the service of God. Submitting everything that we are to his service. These revelations of God often come in times when so few people are seeking or even caring to see God do a real work. We hear that all the time. Why isn't God performing miracles? Why isn't he drawing people close to him? Open your eyes. Open your eyes to the reason we celebrate all this. We celebrate the Christ child because he is the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the Host of Hosts. He is our all and all. Focus our eyes upon him and watch what would be revealed to you. Watch what would be revealed to you. Just like the people who lived in Nazareth, Christians live a life of true faith as they seek the Lord. Now, catch this word, expecting. We need to expect things to happen. Expecting God to meet them right where they are. God does not make this difficult on us, we make it difficult on ourselves. We come up with excuses. We allowed the cancel culture to prevail. This Christmas season, we're going to put that to rest. We will never cancel. We will never shy away from the true meaning of Christmas and the reason why we celebrate. We will not back down. You with me there? We will not back down. Because we live our lives differently. Why? Because we believe in something. Amen. And something believes in us. So we can gather strength. We can gather courage. We can gather the ability to understand what this means. Not just for our own benefit. But for the benefit of others. So that they too can experience true Christmas joy. Christians are highly favored with God as they need only to be submissive to the will of God in all seasons of their lives. And they will enjoy the blessing of having God with them. But we have to have the right attitude. We need to have action And we also have to have character because this is what God is looking for in Christian stewards. Faithful stewards. This is the faith that should define us as Christians as we go through this Christmas season. Amen? Amen. David,
1: come and lead us in our benediction, please. And as we go into this new week, Christmas week, We celebrate the birth of Christ absolutely. But beyond that, He died on a cross, rose from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins and to purchase a place for us in heaven that He offers as a free gift. And as we go into this week, let's be encouraged with this. As you mentioned, bowing down, let's stand together and sing. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Come on. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Heavenly Father, thank you again for our time this morning. Thank you for the message that is Christmas and the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, to save all who would seek him. Let us seek him this week, next week, for all eternity. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Let us be mindful of them as we seek that true Christmas joy. We as faithful servants to you vow that we will continue to follow you. We will follow your ways. And Lord, we're going to listen. We're going to listen to your calling and where you would have us go, where you would lead us, where you will take us, Lord, no matter. We're going to submit to your will no matter what, no matter what. Thank you for our time again here today as we go over to partake in our Christmas dinner. Lord, we ask that you bless that food to our bodies and to the enjoyment of this day. Lord, thank you for the hands that have prepared all the wonderful goodies that we will partake in. But Lord, more importantly, the fellowship time that we have with one another, let it be a time that we can recharge our batteries and to uh, push us into this final week where we get to celebrate your birth. But Lord, it goes beyond that. We know this. This is something that we should celebrate at all times. And we will continue to do that because that is what you have called us to do, to spread the good news that your son came for each and everyone who will seek him. So I pray that's what we do and that's what we focus on. And it's in your name and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Have a great day today.